Welcome to another episode of In the Life of Sean Powers. He keeps you entertained on the morning show on My1043 in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. But what is he like after the show? Well, here you go. And welcome into another fine podcast broadcast of In the Life of Sean Powers. What is the Powers podcast without me talking about me and my life? Well, it's nothing, really. Anyways, uh, yes, today's podcast is brought to you by the letters W and by uh, December and Christmas. There, I don't know. Anyways, uh, today's podcast is going to be a special one because we're going to talk about a couple of different things that really hit home to me and really just uh, just are really, really uh, very near and dear to my heart. My kids. There we go. So the last podcast that we talked about, uh, we we talked about my adventures in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and I bruised past a couple of the uh, detail that I really uh, that I probably should have uh, spent a little bit more time on. So I'm going to pick up at that with that detail, and then I'm going to move on to the next detail. So uh, we're talking about we're we're in a little series here in my podcast uh, about my travels, you know, from in, in radio and moving around uh, the country like I did with my adventures with my wife Patty and uh, my. My daughter Emily, uh, who came to be in Charleston, South Carolina, before I got let go in January of nineteen. What does it? No, not nineteen. January of uh, two thousand and five. Uh, the month before in December of uh, 2005, my boss, Bill Sh- uh, Bill Shannon, was uh, let go because of budget cuts. It was all budgets. I was working for Clear Channel Radio down there. Uh, loved the job doing oldies, 102.5, or actually at the time was Y, 102.5. And uh, I spoke with Bill. Bill actually heard my podcast from the last week, and he reached out to me. He called me, and it was like it was a surprise call. And he goes, you know, we reminisced about uh, some of the things that we did. And uh, it was a very nice call, Bill. Thank you very much for reaching out. My brother reached out to me. Bill told me. Uh, he shared the story about the uh, the big pelican that landed on the golf course. And I was like, oh, yeah, January 4th, 2004. We're on the golf course. It's 85 degrees out. My mom called me and said, we have a winter storm in Toledo. What do you guys have? And I'm like, 85 degrees and pelicans. <laughs> At the golf course, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to finish that story. I, I did. I don't know if we have. I, I don't even know if I shared that story. But Bill Shannon, my brother Brian, who lived with us at the time, Waxy, and um, Bill were on the golf course. We're like on the, I don't know, 16th or 17th hole, something like that, at the golf course right there. Patriots Point, I believe, was the golf course right on the ocean. Oh my God, beautiful course and 85 degrees, sun shining, and we're on the we're on the green and getting ready to putt. And Bill's getting ready to putt, and all of a sudden this big ass pelican. Lands right there, scares the bejesus out of either me or my brother. And Bill's like, Can I putt? And the Pelican sat there, and Bill goes, Excuse me, pardon me, can I putt here? And I guess Bill went to putt or whatever, putted. The, we all finished the hole, and the Pelican just sat there and watched this. It was it was classic. It was classic. Anyways, we we shared that story the other day, and I was like, Oh my God, I totally remember that. Uh, Bill brought that up uh, in, in, you know, in our phone conversation. So thank you, Bill, for that. Uh, but, anyways, yeah, Charles. Charleston, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, got let go in January. Got called into the GM's office after I was doing a, finished uh, doing a thing called voice tracking uh, for my show, and uh, got let go from there. Uh, Emily was born though on uh, June thirtieth of two thousand and four. At uh, Bon Secure St. Francis Hospital. It was a beautiful afternoon. I uh, told Bill I had to go to the hospital. I remember I had to leave. And uh, she was planned because she was a C-section. So I took the day and went, uh, went and, uh, you know, they pulled her out. And it was just like, it was like, I think she was born at like, see, I think she was born at like one something in the afternoon. And Colin came at like 830 at night. I think that's what it was. Yeah, Emily was scheduled at like one or one thirty in the afternoon. 
and um, they pulled her little leg out. They tied my wife down for a C-section, put the sheet in front of her, draped it in front of her, and um, they pulled Emily out. And my mother-in-law um, was there, Jude, and her uh, her man, Randy, uh, they were there. And Uncle Don came down, who was, uh, who was Patty's brother. Uh, they were all there, and I remember they were on the other side of the glass. And as soon as they pulled Emily out, um, you know, they wheeled her out and they cleaned her up and everything. And I was just—I fell in love with her. And I remember Emily grabbed my finger with all her whole hand, and she squoze my hand really, really tight. She had curly hair, and I have pictures. I have pictures of her naked and and all that. But she was just the most amazing, precious thing. And I laid eyes on her, and I signed on for life. I really did. And she's almost 19 now, and she's just the most beautiful person, soul inside and out. And physically, she's just she looks just like me. So you know, she's she's gorgeous. You know, she's the most she's the most beautiful, stunning, beautiful woman uh, ever. She's just grown up to just be the most. I don't know, just the most sophisticated, beautiful soul on this planet. So that's Emily was born, and oh my God, I signed on. I was just, uh, uh, I just, oh my gosh, the I just I'm, I I've got my eyes closed right now, and I'm just picturing that day. And it was a hot day. It was a beautiful day. Uh, and they tore Patty's insides open, you know, the C-section. They cut her open, pulled out the purple sack. And I'm going to spare you some of the details. But I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was, I was, t- you know, because Patty couldn't see it. They had her arms tied down. And she was awake and everything. And um, I just, it was just the most glorious sight. I just shed tears and shed tears. Tears of joy. Um, but they, you know, they pulled her out. And I saw her little leg. And they pulled her out. And I got to hold her after, you know, they cleaned her up and everything. And um, and I remember uh Jude, who's Patty's mom, and Randy, and um, Grandpa Randy now, and uh, and uh, Uncle Don, they were looking on the other side of the glass, and they just had the big grins on their faces. And um, I remember when she had her first bowel movement too. Um, her poop didn't smell. Nope, just like Dad. I was like, dude, she takes after Dad. She her poopy didn't smell. Um, so that was yeah, that was uh, that was a, a huge milestone moment. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina, when Emily's born, June thirtieth, two thousand four, one twenty. I think it was like one twenty or something like that in the afternoon. Um, I'd have to look back on records because I'm old and I forget stuff. But yeah, that was the most precious time in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. So. Uh, a couple of months before that, my operations manager Jay Philpot uh, ended up uh, ended up um, uh, losing his job there in Clear Channel, and I remember he was getting ready to move back to St. Louis at the time. And I, I th- I'd seen my timelines all screwed up because I'm old and I, I forget certain aspects of it. And I'm sure Jay and Bill can fill me in later on on some of the more finer details. But Jay, Jay didn't work for Clear Channel anymore. Um, and when it was a drag. And they brought in some guy named Paul who was a real uh, – not Paul. What was his name? Lee. Lee. And Lee was not Lee was not a cool guy like uh, uh, like Jay Philpot was as an operations manager. So they brought this Lee guy in. I was like, okay, Lee was kind of like Mr. Magoo. And uh, I called him Magoo anyways. Um, but um, so Jay and I were good buddies. And, um, you know, Jay was trying to figure out what his next move. And uh, for the time being, he had a, he was planning on moving back to St. Louis, Missouri, going to stay with his mom, going to get his, you know, get his legs back on the ground. And um, he asked me, this was, I don't, I, 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 the time frame was maybe, I was off work for maybe a couple of months, March. Of uh, I was off in January of 2005, and this was maybe March. I want to say March. Yeah, I was going to March, February, March. Yeah, it was probably March of uh, 2005. 
And uh, Jay goes, hey, he goes, I got an idea. I got a buddy named Steve Brill who works in Rockford, Illinois. He's looking for somebody at Cumulus Media to become, uh, you know, he's looking for a um, um, a promotions director for a couple of radio stations in Rockford, Illinois. Would you be interested in meeting with him? And I'm like, hell yeah. You know, I'm, I'm entertaining any kind of, you know, radio job at this point. Living on unemployment, unenjoyment is what I call it. And um, Jay goes, I got an idea. He goes, would you like to travel with me and help? me move my stuff from Charleston up to uh, St. Louis, Missouri. I'll let you take my vehicle from St. Louis, Missouri up to Rockford, Illinois, and you can meet with Steve and do a couple of days up there and then come back down here and then you can fly back to uh, Charleston with your family. What do you think of that? And I jumped at the opportunity, and Jay, you know, I so I helped Jay move, so and, and helping him with that, he helped me let me use his vehicle, and it, you know, made me the connection with Steve Brill. So I did that. I went up there for the job interview, nailed the job interview, talked to Steve. Steve and I became like buddy buddies, and it was just like it just it was an instant fit. I you know I, I took the job because it was like boom right up my alley. I was basically I mean you know Steve even told me he's like dude you're overqualified for this job. He goes you'll probably be here a year year and a half before you float on. He goes but I need some somebody of your caliber caliber in, in radio. He goes, I want you, you know, that, that. so the, the, we made the deal. I, I took the job and, uh, um, I went home back to Charleston, told Patty about it. She came up, you know, we, we went up for a trip, da da da, and uh, the rest is history. So we ended up moving to Rockford, Illinois for the next leg of the uh, of the Sean Powers Tour of America. And uh, again, Patty's a school teacher. She was able to adjust. I felt bad for ripping her away. She goes, No, she goes, We're going to be a lot closer to home, six hours from Toledo. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot better time. So we got in a little apartment. We had little Emily with us. You know, the family had begun, and we got to Rockford, Illinois. I started my job. I was not on the air as a DJ. I filled in from time to time, but I was off air, which I was like, you know what? This is great. This will let me focus more on being a, um, you know, under Steve Brill to help him uh, with uh, the classic rock station, which is 96.7 The Eagle, uh, classic rock that really rocks. And then I was also uh, his promotions director. And then I was also promotion director for Q98.5, which was their country station, the number one station in the market under Steve Summers. And if I needed to fill in on the Classic Rock Station or uh, 97ZOK, which was their top 40 station, I could do that. I could be utility guy there or even on Q98.5 since I had I know I had experience in multiple formats, I could do that. So I did that. I was able to fill in, you know, do part-time stuff there. But I was I was so busy full-time doing, you know, the promotions and marketing stuff, um, you know, getting prizes for the radio stations, creating promotional opportunities uh, for both of those stations. Um you know, and they kept me busy. I mean, you know, I, I was busy doing you know both of those stations, so it was uh, it was a good thing. It was a really good thing. I loved it. I I absolutely loved it. I reached out to um you know between the sales department and uh, working with sales and and uh, their clients and and getting stuff for giveaways and um for both those radio stations heavily 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 involved in in in, in giving you know and uh, I guess uh, with giveaways and, and contesting and stuff and uh, also reaching out to different promotional uh, people around the, you know around the state and around the country um, and also working with uh, you know like Ticketmaster and and working with so I was I was I was really busy with the job my wife found a job right away teaching she says she's a saint you know she's worked special education she found a job right away uh, my brother ended up uh, leaving us and moving back to Toledo uh, 
um, and uh, that was cool. You know, he was he was he was really cool in his right uh, for doing that. You know, he wanted he wanted to grow and and get back to Toledo, so that was fine. And you know, no no you know no harm feelings or anything like that. Bill ended up going on and finding another job. Jim Snyder, uh, who was uh, the other part of our posse, and my buddy, uh, you know, uh, my buddy uh, Warren Carney, we called him the Leprechaun because he, he's a short guy from Boston with an accent and looked like a leprechaun. Uh, you know, he found his way to do other things, and uh, you know, so everybody, you know, we went our separate ways there, but we all stayed in contact. You know, as you usually do in radio. And anyway, so so moved down to Rockford, uh, found a little apartment, uh, two bedroom apartment, and it was you know we had a basement and all that, and it was a quadplex. So we lived here with three other families or whatever. Uh, my buddy Dave lived on the other side of us. Uh, Barb lived next door. She was an older retired lady. Dave had five kids, and uh, he was recently divorced, so he had his kids on the weekends or every other weekend. And then there was a single lady named Cindy who lived adjacent from us. So. Um, that's who we had in our, our complex. So we all became friends and whatever, hung out and whatnot. And uh, we all, you know, everything was cool. And uh, so it was a good little neighborhood to work, you know, to live in there. And, uh, you know, the jobs were great and da, 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 da. And, you know, the more people we got to know, we got to know people through work and through, you know, this or that or whatever. And uh, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Well, come, you know, come about, I don't know, uh, let's see, Colin's April. Colin was like six weeks early. But anyways, so uh, down the road a few months, we found out, uh-oh. Mama's pregnant again. And, uh, you know, daddy did something right. Uh, anyways, um, so uh, come to find out, we're going to have a little baby. And um, by this time, this was like a, maybe a, like a year and four or five months later, um, uh, people were jumping ship from the uh, Cumulus Media compound where I was working at. So by this time, I had found a job. I left there and I ended up going out to Chicagoland and I ended up working for uh, Next Media because I was I ended up programming another oldie station out there for them uh, through a friend of mine, Doug, and Doug was programming their hot AC station and he was overseeing everything. So anyways, I ended up working for uh, Floyd Evans uh, out there as a general manager and uh, she was pregnant with Colin. And anyways, I got a call that said that Colin was uh, coming early. <laughs> so so it was like an hour trip. And so I, I commuted an hour, hour and 10 minutes each way every day to work. I was uh, I was programming the oldie station. And uh, anyways, when Colin came, um, I drove out there and Colin was C-section as well. And then Colin was born. And yeah, that, that was fun. And then I had major sinus surgery. I was down from work for a week. But anyways, Cumulus Media, I was there for about a year and a half. Loved the job. It just didn't pay you know it paid peanuts and i wasn't able to i wasn't able to uh you know i, I just I, it just it just it was a good fit for a short period of time and it, you know and i knew it wasn't going to be a long-term job so i started looking for another job and you know about a year and a half later and i found that other job and there we go from there and that's where that's what i you know that's that's when i found the job in chicago and uh you know i was able to commute for for that uh, for that job as well so when I left the Steves in uh, in Rockford, Illinois, you know, Steve uh, Brill, the operations manager, he was like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And, you know, he was all for it. You know, he just he was like, yeah, I knew this wasn't going to be a long term job for you. Steve Summers, uh, the uh, the uh, the program director for Q98.5, the country station. He was really bummed. But he goes, you got to go do what you got to do, man. Stay in touch. And to this day, I still talk to both Steves, you know, uh, you know, and I, I talked to the, you know, the most of the staff that was there at the time, too. So, we you know, it's it's just it, it was no bad feeling. So I put my two weeks 
takes notice in. And the general manager, uh, Greg Scherer, he goes, are you sure you want to leave, Sean? Are you, uh, he goes, he goes, a guy, he called me guy. He always called me guy. He goes, are you sure you want to leave, guy? And I'm like, yeah. I go, can you give me Can you give me this amount of money? He goes, no. And I go, and then I got to go. So I ended up leaving for that job. I went out to Chicago uh, in the Chicago radio market, ended up working for uh, Next Media. Um, and the thing at Next Media was I was able to program the oldie station. So I took that station, and the station really needed a lot of work. Uh, I remember the, most of the library, the music library that was in the computer, most of the songs cut off like the last three or four seconds. So I had to redub the entire music library back in from my personal library. Now, I could have gone out and I could have purchased an entire music library, but I had fun taking from my own music library and redubbing the songs in because they were all, you know, uh, wave formatted songs. So anyways, I had a lot of fun doing that. That was a lot of fun. Um, I met a lot of great people. I was able to structure the station the way that I wanted the station to run, and I had full support of the management. So, it, you know, working in Chicago, it, it actually worked out really, really well. Uh, we, you know, picked up a lot of steam. You know, the staff was on board with the, most of the things that I wanted to do, uh, you know, I had a, I had the full support. I had the tools and the knowledge and, and the people that uh, the support that I that I really needed. So Chicago worked out really, really, really well. Well, I was in Chicago for about a year, year and uh, you know year and a half. I went back home to Toledo for a visit, uh, you know, for the holidays or whatever. Ran into some old friends, uh, my buddy Johnny D in Toledo. He worked for Clear Channel at the time, and he goes, "Hey, look, man, Toledo uh, Clear Channel. Uh, we're we're expanding. We got uh, we got some uh, positions open here. Uh, would you like to come here and program a couple station, you know, station here and work?" with me on a station here in the uh, Toledo area. And I'm like, well, let me think about it. So, uh, you know, my wife goes, oh my gosh, Toledo, we would, you know, we were dying to move back to Toledo to be closer to family. We had two kids, you know, th- this would have been perfect. So I, uh, you know, I thought about it, I prayed about it and I was like, you know what, this would be a great opportunity for us to, to actually be able to move back to Toledo. Did that materialize? Well, the opportunity came along thought about it, talked to my wife about it. We took the opportunity. I gave up a great programming job in Chicago to, for us to be able to take the opportunity in Toledo. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Oh, I know. Tease you, everybody. So the adventures of radio continue on in the next podcast. We're going to talk about the Toledo adventure, going back home, moving back home to Toledo. But wait, that didn't stop there. What happened in Toledo? We're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Thank you guys very much for joining me for this podcast. And there you go the next adventure in Sean's radio broadcasting career. Thank you for joining us for this one. Thanks for listening and taking the time. We'll talk again very soon. Until our next adventure into the life of Sean, God bless you, everybody, and have a safe holiday. Thank you for listening to In the Life of Sean Powers weekly podcast. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, our affiliates, or My1043 and Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.